So what I got was this. While I was spending time with the Lord, the Lord said, my word, my word. And I was going, okay, Lord, is there any more that you want to speak about your word? And he brought up this scripture from First Kings. And as soon as I read it, I went, Byron's been talking about this, Lord. I think I'm just trying to continue his, his deal. But here's what he says in First Kings 17, starting from verse 2. It says, then the Lord said to Elijah, see, I could stop right there and just go home. Like that will preach. Abraham said, and the Lord said. And the Lord said. In this part it says, and the Lord said to Elijah. So you can take that off and put your own name in there. And the Lord said to the African. Bam. And the Lord said. Exactly. In that place. And he says this. Then the Lord said to Elijah, go to the east and hide by the Kerith Brook. Near where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat that the ravens may bring, uh, eat what the ravens bring you. For I have commanded them to bring you food. So Elijah did as the Lord told him and camped beside the Kerry Brook east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening. And he drank from the brook. But after a while the brook dried up. For there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. Then the Lord said to Elijah, say that again, the Lord said, you can take it out and put yourself in there. Okay. For me, when I read it, and the Lord said to the African, it is. Okay. Go and live in the village. See, some of these names, man, I feel like you're just, just speaking tongues. Zarephath. Right? Zarephath. Something. Okay, thank you. Appreciate that. Near the city of Sidon, I've instructed a wither there to feed you. Now, you probably wonder why I'm bringing this up, right? Now, remember in the beginning what the Lord said is my word, my word. I cannot overemphasize how important it is for you to get your own personal word from the Lord. You see, when you look at Elijah's situation there, if he did not get a personal word from the Lord, he'll have been starving with the rest of the people. If you actually understood what was happening in Israel during that time, they were eating their own babies because there was no food in the land. They were starving. But yet the word of the Lord came to Elijah, and the Lord took care of Elijah and took him to a place where there was plenty for him to stay alive. Not only to the brook, but yet when the brook dried up, which the Lord knew was going to dry up, then he sent him to another place to a widow. And you're wondering, what in the world? Of all places, a widow. Like Byron said, they don't have much money. But yet at the same time, the Lord probably had given a word to that widow also. That there will be a man that will come by when he asks you for such and such. Provide. That word of the Lord also walked for the widow herself. It wasn't just for Elijah, but it was also for the widow herself. So I cannot overemphasize how important it is for you to have a personal word from the Lord. Those words come from a place of intimacy with the Lord. It's not just a random act that just happens. It's a place where you, you're with the Father, and the Father shares his heart with you of what plans he has for you. Because the truth is this, as his children, he's what we're called to do, to live by his word. Not just the biblical word that comes from the Bible, but from a rainbow word that comes from it. A fresh word that leads you forward. This is what it says in Deuteronomy 8.3. It says, yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna. A food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from where? The mouth of the Lord. It's not by food. It's not by money. It's by his spirit. It's the spirit that speaks the word and brings into life. 
I cannot overemphasize how important that is to get a word from the Lord. For us, sometimes we get into situations or we go forward in making decisions without really getting a personal word from the Lord. Whether this is something that is in his heart for us or not. So we call to live by every word that proceeds from his mouth. That means humbleness and humility. That's why he said, he humble you and let you go hungry. That you may realize that even that will dry up just the same way that brook dried up. And Elijah needed another word to proceed to the next spot where he was going to get his sustenance of what he needed in his life. Amen? Mm. Lord, help me get it out. You see, there's different kinds of words that we get. You know, there's daily words, there's seasonal words. There's ministry words, there's personal life words. I could keep on going down the list. So what I'm going to do here is, I'm just going to go as the Holy Spirit leads me. So it might be navigating a little bit, it might go a little meandering here and there. But just track with me, amen? So if we look at what it says in Jeremiah 29, 11. Even before, read it. You see, when you get that revelation and you're in that place of humility before the Lord, where you desperately crying out saying, Father, I need direction. Father, I need something that can lead me to the next place. I'm seeking you to guide my footsteps in every place that I step. Because he has all the facts. All the facts. And we can trust in this part with his word. We can trust that his plans for us are good plans. And that's why in Jeremiah 29 11 when he says, For I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil. To give you a hope in your final Outcome. If you notice in Elijah's life, God was very interested in the good plans that he had for him. So the word of the Lord came to Elijah. That is a caring father. That is a father that is absolutely concerned about every single details of our life. Every single detail. No matter how insignificant it might seem to you. It is important to him. If he, can, if he knows how many hairs we have, okay, he knows the number of hairs that we have. How can he not care about any other details? So the word of the Lord is a big deal. And that's something that I felt from the Father's heart. Emphasizing over and over again. Tell my people to seek a word from me during this time. If you notice, there's not a clear word that is coming out. There's not a lot of clarity. Part of that is the Lord is positioning us to get our sustenance from him and him only. Oh. <laughs> Woo. Help me, Lord. It's coming, it's coming. It's coming slowly. So in the word, we see the Lord demonstrating that Jeremiah 29, 11 over and over and over in different people's lives. What we forget is this sometimes. When we look at the word, when we read it, sometimes we, you read it as something that was a good story that just happened way back when. Now, it's not intentional on our part. But it's hard to connect and relate and put yourself in that person's shoes. And that's why Holy Spirit comes in into that place where he helps you absolutely put yourself in their shoes and see the working of the Holy Spirit in their life. Seeing that that word that they got from the Father and the Holy Spirit coming in, walking beside him to fulfill that which the Father said. Just like in Genesis when the Spirit of God was hovering over the earth that was formless and void, waiting for the Father to speak. 
and him to perform that word and complete it. Gosh, Lord. The same way he has a desire to make sure that that word that comes from his own mouth is fulfilled by the Holy Spirit. Who leads you? To bring that to completion. To bring those good plans to completion. That's the desire of the Father. So when you take yourself and put yourself in Elijah's shoes and you look at his situation, the same land that was dry, it's the same prayer that he prayed for that land to be dry. It's the same place. So he was not outside of that. He was in it. It was affecting him also. So he needed a personal word from the Lord. Okay. Moving on. So one of the first things that the Lord brought to mind, I was thinking about Jacob. Okay. Good old Jacob. Which is named man deceiver. That's a rough name just to, you know, in terms of the interpretation. But I'm glad that the Lord absolutely calls himself the God of Jacob. He does not shy away from it. So here's Jacob, right? He's in this situation, this predicament. He has stole the birthright from his brother Esau. Esau is comforting himself, saying, the only way I can get any justice is by killing my brother. So Jacob is distracted by his mind. You need to run. You need to get out of here. In the midst of him running, he gets a word from the Lord. I'm not going to tell the whole story. If you read, you know the story. He gets a whole personal before even he gets to his uncle Laban. He gets a word from the Lord. I shall make you fruitful. I shall multiply. Your descendants shall be as numerous as the stars. All that stuff. He gets that word from the Lord, which. He moves on from that place, goes to his uncle Laban. While he's there, he still gets another word from the Lord. About the sheep and the goats. Okay, say the angel of the Lord spoke to him and instructed him how to be prosperous. In the midst of a place where he was not going to be prosperous without the word of the Lord. Because his uncle Laban made a slave out of him. And Jacob was going to live there with nothing. If he did not get a word from the Lord, how to actually prosper in that situation that was against him. Okay. Then when it was time for him to go back to his grandfather's land, to his father's land, he gets another word. Now you think about this. Years have passed. He has no idea whether Esau is still holding the grudge or not. The last time he left, he was going to kill him. You better get a word from the Lord to go back. <laughs> I'm just saying, you better get a word of the Lord to go back to that situation. But he did. And if you, if you read the rest of the story, you see how the Lord worked out those good plans in Jacob's life. And also in Esau's life. Because it did prosper Esau. Anyways, moving on. When you think about David, the mighty man of God. The man after God's own heart. I mean, just think about God giving you that word. I have found a man after my own heart. That was David's word from the Lord. And that word, you could see that word being demonstrated in his life over and over and over and over. It was so saturated in David that he never tried to make a move without inquiring from the Lord to get a word from the Lord. Should I go after the Philistines or not? Should I go for those Amalekites or not? Should I do this or should I not? Can I build that temple for you, Lord? I mean, continuously, you see continuously him asking for a word from the Lord before he proceeded. He never made assumptions that this could be it. Even when he wanted to make the temple, that was something that was in his heart. 
And the prophet said, you do what is pleasing to you. You go ahead, man. You just do what is in your heart. But the word of the Lord came back through Nathaniel, back to King David saying, this is not for you. Somebody else will do it. But I'm thankful for your heart to want to build me a temple. So because we're talking about these mighty men of God, I figured I'm going to interject myself in the middle of that. Because <laughs> you sure yourself. It's not arrogance. You will assure yourself. Because greater is he who's in you than who's in the world. He has put his own spirit in you. So therefore he's made you a mighty man and lady for him. So you must as well speak that into existence. Because that's the truth about it. It's not a bragging. It's not an arrogance. It's just speaking the facts that come from the Father's heart. That's it. So I interjected myself in there. And the Lord reminded me, he said, remember how you ended up in this place? So I'm going to give you just a little story about that. So when I was in Maryland, the Lord got a hold of my heart. I was completely lost. I was just doing my own thing. Desperate. Didn't know what kind of plan I was going to do, what kind of job I was going to have. I was, de- I mean, I was selling cars. You know, you're desperate, man. For some money, man. I was just selling cars, man. I was like, oh, my word. Talking to all these other salesmen, man, they, they would lie like crazy. I remember sitting there going, Lord, I know I'm bad, but good gosh, this is like over the top. You know, you're trying to sell somebody a Toyota Corolla, and you want to say they have traction control. You're like, that's a basic car, man. You don't got no traction control. It's not a luxury car. But it's different things like that. One, one of these salesmen one time, one of these other sales so bad that the one time the other salesman got sick and the customer came by the day of the appointment, the other salesman had the audacity to actually say that the other salesman died. <laughs> that's terrible. And the customer bought the car. Two weeks later, the customer comes from the regular checkup, and he sees the resurrected salesman. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it got ugly. It was bad. <laughs> there, was, there was some fighting going on. But anyways, so that was the environment. I was like, I got to get out here, Lord. <laughs> this is, these people are crazy, man. <laughs> you know, they're crazy, Lord. So... So I'm sitting there, and I'm going, man, I have no hope. I don't know what to do, Lord. Like, I'm so lost. And then the Lord intervenes in my life in such a powerful way. That's a story for a different time. And the next thing he tells me is, I want you to move to Morrisville. I'm going, Morrisville? Uh, what is Morrisville? <laughs> I'm not trying to insult, but I was, because, you know, being in Maryland, I was like, I don't know Morrisville. What, what is in Morrisville? So... And it's to fast forward through that part. The Lord confirms the word, and I end up here. Now, when I came to River Life, the first time was called Calvary Community Church. And I remember walking in going, ooh, Lord Jesus. Because before that, I'd gone to an African Liberian church, okay? So there was a lot of chocolate faces everywhere. <laughs> so when I walked in here, I was like, these are a lot of vanilla faces, Lord. I don't know what is happening. But I, you did not tell me as part of Mooresville that this was part of the package, Lord. And then I remember hearing the music go, oh, Lord Jesus, yeah, I, whew, I don't know about this, man. Then I heard the preaching, I said, surely not, Lord. I, <laughs> it's like, I got I to gotta get out of here. I've told Byron about that. He laughed about it. I was like, I think I'm good, Lord. I, I need to find me an African church. So the following Sunday, right? This African guy comes. Okay, he's from Zimbabwe. His name is Dr. No Manika. He comes and preaches. And I'm thinking, that's the word of the Lord for me. Because he's African. He has a church down in Charlotte. That's where I'm supposed to go. You know, so then I may have these elaborate questions. You know, I may have all these questions I'm going to ask him and then find out where the church is and find my way down there. So after the service, I go talk to him and say, yeah, if you want to come, you know, it'll be good. Da, 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 come visit, you know, all these good things. And uh, um, the next thing I know, church is off. I'm walking out those double doors. 
And I kid you not, I get in the middle of the parking lot. And I hear an audible voice of the Lord say, if you go anywhere else, you will not find me. Just like that. And I stood in the middle of that parking lot. Some people, I think Rhonda Bum going to maybe walk by me and say, you okay? And I looked at her, I did not even say a word. Just got in the car, drove straight away. I was staying. I was staying with these, uh, it was Andy Squires' brother. And I went in there. I didn't even say a word. He said, you okay, man? Nothing. Just blew by him. Went to the room, cried for hours. Lord, I'm sorry for my prejudice, man. You know, when the Lord speaks, when, when you hear his voice audibly, I mean, all of a sudden, all your stuff that, all your weaknesses, insecurities, sin, whatever, just seems to bubble up just by itself. So I was just like, oh, my word. I just went, cried, repented, whatever. I mean, everything that I surely could think about. I said, Lord, I think I ran out the least. I don't know what else. <laughs> I'm not sure what else to really repent about. I mean, you know, I was just like tired, exhausted. Found the Lord said, okay, enough is enough. Get up. You know, get up. And the Lord, Father explained him, says, said, you got to understand the place that I'm planting you. And if you go somewhere else, it's not the same place where I planted you. So you're not going to flourish as much because the soil is not your soil. Because not all trees grow in the same kind of soil. Some trees are prosper in different kind of soil. Yes? For anybody who's a botanist in here, I'm not one, but at least I know that. Yeah, see, Don Casperson does know. So when the Lord say that, that's settled it for me. Because I was a word from the Lord for me. Nobody else was there. And since that time, the things that have happened in my life, that word has sustained me. Through every challenge I've had being here, the Lord's word has sustained me. There's something when you get a word from the Lord that even in those difficult times, he can help you walk through those difficult times. Because you have a word from the Lord. Without a word from the Lord, you are going to be blown left and right everywhere. That even when that adversity comes in, you're not going to be able to stand because you don't have the anchor of the word of the Lord in your life. That keeps you and holds you there saying, no matter what comes my way, I do know that I heard from the Lord. Here I shall be and I shall not move until he says move. Ooh. I'm thankful that the Lord spoke to me. Because who knows where I'll be? Who knows where I'll be? Thank you, by the way. <laughs> and I remember even part of that deal. I could not find a job. I moved in November of 2001. Could not find a job. I mean, drove all over Charlotte. Dropped my resumes everywhere. Pineville, Matthew. You know, that's way down over there. I was desperate. I, was, I need a job. You know. At that time, I had school loans. I was like, Lord, them bills are not going to pay themselves. So, but the thing that comforted me was this. The Lord has spoken to me to come down here. So even when things did not look the way they should look on the outside, but yet on the inside, I knew the Lord was going to take care of me. But it still did not stop from me from being anxious about things you need. You know what I'm saying? Like, you still be anxious. I mean, that's part of human nature. So don't condemn yourself over that. But you can't leave there either. Okay? But those are no more emotions to have. So, um, I'm like, Lord, I can't find a job for nothing. I put my resume in every single place possible I can think about. I'm not sure where else to put my resume. When I got that word from the Lord that this is the place where I planted you, the following Sunday, Larry Fowler gets up, Okay? And he goes, he was the headmaster of the school that was affiliated with River Life. It was called Moses Christian Academy. Larry Ford gets up and says, we're looking for a mad teacher. If you're interested, please do come talk to me after church. And I'm going, wow. And the Lord says, that's yours. And I laughed. I said, oh, wait, you're serious. It's like, good gosh, Lord. Teaching? I said, I can't teach, Lord. I said, maybe you're trying to give me a jail ministry. I'm going to, like, beat up them kids because they're crazy. I went to public school here, Lord. I've seen them. They're crazy. I don't know what I could do, Lord. You know, so I was like, I don't know whether I have the grace or the patience, any of that. So I found every excuse not to do it, right? 
So I didn't go talk to him. So, and you know, at that time I was not married. We, me and Mary were dating. So I followed my heart. It was time for me to go ask for Mary's hand, go talk to the daddy. That's another testimony with us. So we drive to New York and we sit in this table. I mean, we get in. As soon as we get in, the, the daddy knows what's up. Okay. So immediately takes the daughter. They disappear somewhere for hours. I'm saying, go, well, this is going well, Lord. It's <laughs> <laughs> right on. The man disappeared. He saw me. He disappeared with his daughter. <laughs> so the next thing he comes out and he looks at me and he shakes my hand. He said, welcome to the family. Now, if, when God is works on your behalf, I'm telling you, things happen. You go, wait, and then I'm not. I came here to ask, Lord. I didn't even open my mouth yet. Lord said, no, I took care of it. He said, welcome to the family. So we're sitting around the table eating dinner. He goes, so mom, do you have a job? I said, no, sir. If you're a dad, you know what that. <laughs> you're already going, mm. <laughs> I'm sure he was going, why did I say welcome to the family? I should ask him whether he had a job first before I said welcome to the family. <laughs> I said, going to take care of my daughter, man. So he sits and he looks at me very intently, you know. He goes, mom. Have you ever thought about teaching? I thought I was going to fall off the chair. <laughs> I said, Lord, where can I go where you cannot find me? <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. It was right on. So, anyways, cut the story short. I'm teaching, okay? That's what I've been doing the last 15 or 16 years. It's teaching math and science. When the Lord gives you a word, that sustains you. Because teaching is not easy, I'm telling you. I think the first time I got up there, I, yeah, Rachel Murdoch was there. I don't think they understood what I was saying because I was so scared. <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell me you've never been there before trying to talk publicly. And it's your first time and your voice just seems to disappear, gets really thin. Your knees are shaky. Your stomach feels queasy, and you're just like, oh, Lord, I think I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and the students are looking at you like, Whoo. <laughs> who's, who's this guy? <laughs> Anyways, so that's what I've been doing. I've been teaching. So there is more that I can give you, but I feel like that's enough for right now. You know, and in the process of all that, st- all that time, from that word of the Lord, each time he's given me a word. Even going to India was a word. It wasn't even something that I planned out. Somebody else had a dream that I was speaking their language. Miss Joyce Koshi back there. She had a dream before she ever came to River Life. She had a dream about River Life before she came to River Life. In the dream, I was in that dream. And I was, like, speaking... In tongues, but the tongues I was speaking was her language. And the next thing I know, the Lord says, it's your time to go to India. I said, that was not on the map. (laughs) I mean, you say Brazil, India, Brazil, Lord, what? And guess what? That Brazil word hasn't come yet, but I know it will (laughs) come. It's interesting how the Lord does it, isn't it? You're going to go to Brazil. You go, ah, you get like six different people confirming the word. And then this one word, India, you go, now, where that come from, Lord? Anyways, so the word of the Lord is fun. It's adventurous. It will keep you going. Now, let me, let me touch on this real quick. Okay. Now, obviously, talk about that situation about my own personal life. There's another person that the Lord brought up to consider. This, this trips me up every time I read it. It's Jose. You know, Hosea. Is that how you said? Hosea. Very interesting prophet of God, isn't he? So he says this, right? This is in Hosea 1 through through. When the Lord first began speaking to Israel through Hosea, so the word of the Lord is coming to Hosea for Israel. He said to him, go and marry a prostitute. Let me just leave it there. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You know, now that I have kids, I think about it going, what if my son came in and said, oh, man, father, daddy, man, I got this word from the Lord. Like, that's awesome. Great, child. What's up? 
I'm supposed to marry a prostitute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> How do you proceed with that conversation after that? <laughs> I said, Lord, you have a sense of humor. <laughs> like, whoa. So can you imagine Jose's parents? I mean, this is Jewish culture. They're, they're very well put together religiously. Okay. That is not something you touch. Okay. That's like off limits. And for him to come and say, I got a word from the Lord to marry a prostitute. That's pretty trying. So some words must seem a little crazy. But hey, nevertheless, it is a word. So it goes on and it says, so that some of her children will be conceived in prostitution. This will illustrate how Israel has acted like a prostitute by turning against the Lord and worshiping other gods. So Jose married Goma, the daughter of Diblim, and she became pregnant and gave Jose a son. So I'm sitting there talking to the talking to daddy, going, This is just this is just interesting. But I felt like somebody in here needed to hear that word. Okay? I thought there's somebody in here, then maybe you got one of those really strange words. I'm not saying that the Lord is asking you to go marry a prostitute. But it might be a word that you try and go, this could this surely be the Lord. Now, that is in the word as a testimony. Okay, that's in the word as a testimony for us of something that the father, that something that was in the father's heart himself. So I don't know who you are, but just wanted to throw that out there. Now, the next person that the Lord brought up was Peter. Now, think about Peter, the mighty man of God, the one that died of Jesus. Now, can you imagine if Peter not got on that wall from Jesus saying that you are going to deny me? But when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Can you imagine the immensity of the weight that he had to carry for knowing that he had denied the Savior? The weightiness of that was enough to crush him. But because he got a word from the Lord, he was able to sustain and stand before the presence of the Lord still, even when he had failed miserably. Because Judas did not make it. Okay, I'll just leave it there. The word of the Lord is a big deal. Because I'm sure even in Jose's life, it was not easy. To absolutely walk around knowing that you're married to a prostitute. And if you read that story, she left him. And then he went back and got her. Several times. I'm sure the criticism was intense. To say that the poor doesn't even touch it. Okay? Being in the society and people look at you in a way. Degrading. Like they just look at you like you are just like you have from the Lord. You are crazy. I mean, she left you. I mean, she's a prostitute. What were you thinking? If the word of the Lord did not come to us, he would not be able to stand that. Anyways, same thing with Peter. Same thing with Paul. Okay, let's look at Acts 9, starting from verse 15 through 16. Here's what he says in Acts 9. He says, this is a word from the Lord to Paul. You imagine getting a word like that. Yeah, says this, but the Lord said, go for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. Whoo. Amen. For all the stuff that Paul went through without that word, I don't see how he's going to be able to make it. Because him getting that word, all that flogging, all that stoning, he was able to walk through it saying, the Lord did give me a word. He gave me a word. And I know he is faithful to see it to completion. So no matter how much I'm in despair and I feel like I'm about to die, I know that I will live on because his work will be completed in me because I have a word from him. So let me, let me read some, some of his stuff. Okay? Here's Paul 
talking about himself, okay, in 2 Corinthians, something from verse 11, I mean, chapter 11, verse 23. It says, I know I sound like a madman, but I've served him for more, far more. I've worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped, <laughs> oh my goodness, times without number, and faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced dangers from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well from Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities and in deserts and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. This is Paul's own words of what he went through. You tell me how you can endure that without Lord himself giving you a word from his heart that carries you through all that stuff. Let's just be real about it. There is no way he was going to be able to walk through all that stuff. That's, one, that's too much for one person to endure. I'm like, good gosh, man, I kicked the couch with my pinky toe, and I'm ready to die. Jesus, take me home. I'm just like, done. Lord, I just see the saints of heaven. And my wife is like, get up. You got stuff to do in the kitchen. Gosh, honey, it's like, gosh. <laughs> oh, mercy, Lord. The Lord is good, ain't he? Absolutely. So, anyways, let's come back. Let's really back in. <laughs> so, getting a word from the Lord is a big deal. I cannot overemphasize how important that is. See, in life, you know, we'll go through some things, some joyful, some difficult. But having a word from the Lord is the anchor that stabilizes us through the ups and downs of life. See, I don't even write that well. You know the Holy Spirit's doing something. I went, Lord, I like that court. I don't have a Twitter or a Twitter. Yet. But I went, thank you, Jesus. Because in college, the one class that kicked my butt was English. I mean, my professor, I kid you not, Lord bless his heart. He made me rewrite my paper sometimes three or four times. The first time I wrote my paper for him, he came back. And I said, uh, sir, it's bleeding. <laughs> I might need some band-aids, CPR, something. <laughs> and the very end of it, he says, come see me. I was like, oh, gosh. Mercy, Lord, no, I don't want to see you. Just put a grade. So English is a, a tough deal, man. All those pronouns and adverbs and adjectives and nouns and apostrophes and prefixes and I don't know what I'm sitting there going, I don't know. Just, I just want to speak it. That's it. <laughs> if I can speak it clear, I think I'm good. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> so, so we need the word of the Lord to be an anchor for us. We can trust in the goodness of the Father, that he has good plans for us. Amen? We can trust that he's given us his own spirit as a guarantee that that which he spoke to us, that he will absolutely fulfill that part. Amen? So you can hold on to the words the Lord has given you. That no matter how long they might take to come to pass, we have great testimonies of people that are gone before us that absolutely have walked it out. So when you read the word, just say, Holy Spirit, put me in their shoes. Because when you think about Abraham, for example, I mean, how, what was it like, what, 25 years? 
before the promise was fulfilled of the child. I mean, he said he was old and withered. There was nothing left. I mean, like, period. But yet the word of the Lord did come to pass in his life. Those things and those stories we hold dear because those same people, our brothers and sisters, fathers and mothers that are with the Lord himself and the, the cloud of witnesses that are cheering us on. This is real stuff that took place that we can gather and take strength from that part knowing that, yes, Lord, the, that road is hard, but yes, I know that I will get to the end of it. Because your spirit is in me and is with me. And your word is the anchor that I have. That will not be blown back and forth in the rough seas. That I will not be blown this way and that way with all those rough stormy winds that come by. But yet I can be anchored that no matter if I go to the left, my anchor is so firm that boop. I don't go too far from where the word is. If I go to the other side, boop, the anchor of the word of the Lord is a big deal. Because those things that the Father has spoken to me, those words, those promises, they have carried me to this point. And my story is not even ended yet. Someone told me recently, with everything that me and my family are going through, it would be interesting to see how the Lord uses all these for good. That word, I mean, that word was like water to my soul at that point. That perspective, I said, I appreciate it. Thank you for sharing that. That was a word of the Lord for me. Fresh. Golden apples on a silver platter. Those are the words from the Lord. So, <clears throat> if we look at Hebrews, I want to read this out so that you don't just think that uh, the Africans are just saying words. But that in Abraham's life, we see a fulfillment of the word of the Lord, or the words of the Lord for his life. And he goes on, this is Hebrews 6. It says, for example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name by saying, I will suddenly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number, which is me, which is you. See, that word was for us too. So when you read it, it's not just applicable for Abraham. He said, and your descendants. Okay, I'll let that sink in. Then Abraham waited patiently and he received what God had promised. Now when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question... That oath is binding. God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure, perfectly sure that he will never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads, it leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone there. Thank you for finishing that part. It is guaranteed because Jesus went there before us. He's interceding on our behalf on a continuous basis that the Father's word will be fulfilled in our life. <laughs> Let me say that one more time, sir. <laughs> it's okay, my brother. That was right on. <laughs> Siri, for you, Jesus is the intercessor. Now the African is coming out. Just kidding. 
So God's word and promises bring and give us hope to fight the good fight and finish the race. See, this is why Paul could say this. Okay, I'm almost done. This is why Paul could say this. And I'm starting that God, who begun the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. This is Paul that went through what he went through. Beaten, flogged, died, Paul resurrected, I don't know. Some things Paul doesn't even share. Because I don't even know how much he went through. I'm sure when we get to heaven, if you look at him, you go, wow. That word of the Lord is amazing. Because he can speak about it and testify to it, that it is the anchor. It is the hope for your soul. Amen? Amen. So, that's it. That's all the Africa had to say. She just want <laughs> You, you guys are too kind. <laughs> Thank you. Can we, can we have the ministry team come up here? I just want to get straight into ministry this morning. And the worship team. Are they still here or are they gone? Not sure. <laughs> Amen. So the word of the Lord for your life is important. I know there's a lot of veterans in here in the Lord. But I felt like the Lord saying, you know, those words that he's spoken to you, please, don't throw them away. Those are your anchor. That is a solid anchor for your soul. And allow the Holy Spirit to breathe on those promises and that word afresh again this morning for you. And know absolutely for sure, as Paul said, he who began a good work will see the completion. So the part, yeah, play that song again, that, the miracles. So now I believe in miracles. So we can, let's just stand to our feet. I'm not going to ask you to do too much. You can stretch a little bit. This is going to be brief because I already feel that the presence of the Father is here and he's already doing stuff. So just by yourself, between you and the Father. Just between you and the Father. Just between you and the Father. You know the words that He's spoken to you personally yourself. We walk by faith, not by sight. So all the access that we have to what heaven gives is through faith. So allow yourself to see the Holy Spirit coming to you afresh with the oil from the Father's heart and pouring it into your heart, into those promises, into those words that He's given you and let the Father speak to you this morning. Just let the Father speak to you this morning. We'll just take a few minutes. I'm just going to give the Holy Spirit that opportunity to do that part. okay to ask God to give you a word that you can hold on to to have that anchor you know because you can feel like well I want to you know you can be sitting there in the audience feeling jealous like I want a word you know you can, you can beg him for one I don't have a word Lord you know, speak to me loudly clearly okay 
It says, out of the mouths of two or more witnesses, two or three witnesses, shall a thing be established. I was sitting there really debating about whether to come and add my voice along with the Marlin. Because I really think he brought the word of the Lord this morning. And I just want to encourage you, if your life right now is not defined as pursuit of the word that the Lord has given you, get one. Don't leave here without one. If your life purpose is not defined by what the Lord has said to you, do not leave here without getting one. Because He has a purpose in His heart and in His plan for you. Today, the Lord wants to give you that word that you felt in need of. Don't leave without that word. That's good. And write it down when you get it. So give the Holy Spirit opportunity just to speak to you this morning. Don't be in a hurry. He wants to. He wants to. If you want more prayer, if you need someone to lay hands on you up here to give you a word, you can make your way up. But either way, just feel free to spend time with the Lord. If you already feel like the Lord has given you something, you can go ahead and enjoy the rest of your Sunday. But in all of it, just make sure you've allowed the Lord to touch you. Be intentional about it. To allow the Lord to touch you this morning. know somebody that you trust and you want them to pray for you to give you a word and lay hands on you you can do that too so give yourself an opportunity before the Lord that he may speak to you
God a miracle. I share a word. If you're working in your life to have the word that God has given you, and it lays dormant, there's fresh words, Rama words, that God can give you. It's called a preceding word. Preceding word is alive. It is for leading you down the trail that he would call you to. I know our friend, Arthur Burke, that passed away several years ago at 102, had the word of preceded, which is a dead word, and preceding word, which is alive. And he had a word that he was supposed to do something in London, England, and he sat there while he was doing it, and threw him in jail, and he said, I have to stay here until that word is fulfilled. And somebody asked him, says, have you had a fresh word lately? He says, no, I'm living on the word that he's already given me. He said, well, seek the Lord and see if he would give you a fresh word. And he did. And that fresh word led him out of prison into the calling that he was called to in the ministry that God had ordained for his life. So don't set on one that you've had. Look for a fresh word in Jesus that he can give it to you. Amen.